Thank you for listening to the program. In Revelation 19.11 is this passage of Scripture that is so powerful. I saw heaven opened and saw him on a white horse, and uh, he came back uh, to make war and judge, and his eyes a flame of fire, and uh, it gives the description there of... Uh, the army's following him, and out of his mouth comes a sharp sword that with it he will smite the nations, the enemies, and rule them with a, a rod of iron. And this picture, no matter how you look at it, in accent, you know, where it said when he left, the, he, the angel said, as you've seen him go, he'll come back. And a cloud received him up out of their sight. He left off the ground there on the mountain, and um, he will come back. The cloud, it says, will be opened, and he will come back and stand on the Mount of Olives. In Zechariah, in the Old Testament, I wanted to look at a few places real quick and then come back to this passage here, which is the real event as far as it hasn't happened. But as far as seeing it in a vision or writing about it, it, it would be uh, here. But going back 2,500 years before that, uh, in the day of Zechariah, before Christ, 500 years almost before Christ even uh, lived on the earth, he says this about, Behold, the Lord will come. And the Lord says, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem in that uh, country to, to battle. And... I'll go forth and fight against those nations, and my feet will stand upon the Mount of Olives in that day, and the Mount of Olives will cleave in two uh, in the midst of it, east and west, a great valley in between. The mountain splits in two, half of it, uh, and uh, and you'll, uh, the, the whole thing is that he comes and then the kingdom is described almost immediately in that day then living water will flow out from Jerusalem and the Lord will be king over all the earth and that'll be a a wonderful a great thing but him coming back is what I'm saying uh, he will stand his feet will stand again on the Mount of Olives just like the angel said you saw him go he will come back and there's still for what is worth I still think there's room for the white horse that uh, would be uh, that he would ride and and would be upon it and that's how possibly even the people on the earth the people that have the bird's eye view of this is the beast and and the false prophet their armies and all those that are against him to make war against him they look and see that very view right here heaven opened the clouds open and uh, he is coming back against them and they're going to see it better than anyone, uh, but it, it is a real event. And Zechariah says the, about that 2,500 years before that, he prophesies of that day when the Lord will fight against all the nations of the world that have gathered there and been gathered like the winepress. And then I wanted to look at what the Lord said about his own uh, return. And it's uh, not that any of this over here is not true. It is. But the Lord himself said, as the lightning comes out of the east and shines to the west, so shall my coming be like that. And after the tribulation of those days, the persecution of those days against God's people, 
the sixth seal happens and the earthquake, then the powers of the heaven are shaken. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, moon not give her light, stars fall from heaven, power of the heavens shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man. All the tribes of the earth will mourn and grieve, and they'll see him coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he'll send his angels with the sound of trumpet and gather together his elect from one end of heaven to the other. And when you place all that in chronological order, uh, the sign of the Son of Man, when you look at in Revelation, when he gives the idea of the at that moment, there seems to be, to me, there an, an angel like unto the Son of Man appears, and his glory, it said, lights up the whole earth. So in a time of darkness and the powers of heaven being shaken, and then God's judgment is poured out on the earth, the seventh seal, but in all uh, comparison, it's not very long, not nearly like the three and a half years of the persecution, and then God's judgment could happen and it seems like in just a really short time of weeks or months and uh, so they see that and that's when they rung to the rock saying we're finished and the the wrath of god has come the lamb has come christ he's here and and it's it all is true and so then everyone mourns at the fact and sees that and he does send his angels forth i think at the the rapture is at that moment but irregardless of when you think the rapture is this event in revelation 19 is if we see it we're not going to be on the earth this is at the very end the only people that would see that that belong to him are the ones in the wilderness that haven't taken the mark yet but they still belong to him and then the enemies here of course will see it and the people on the earth every eye will see him and see this somehow see this happen but he says about it that, yeah, it's going to happen, and it'll be a time like never been before, and except those days shortened, no one, no flesh would even survive. So in that day, when they say to you, uh, he's here or there, he's coming right away or something like that, don't believe it, because as the lightning shines from the east to the west, so my coming back will be like that, and I'll gather my elect. So then he says, now learn a parable, though of the fig tree and he tells them that but he said when i come back watch therefore for you you don't know what hour your lord does come and then he warns against the or to the fact uh, be ready for in such hour you think not he'll come then he won't well he finds you faithful over what he's given you in your heart to do and that is abide in his love i'm confident of that works come from that out of that works of love but if your heart's not right Paul went so to every extreme to try to say, you have no profit if your heart is not right. It's just that way. That's where your profit does come in anyway. And so blessed if you're faithful, if you're not, and you say, well, my Lord delays his coming and begins, you begin to mistreat your fellow servants. Then he'll come in an hour you're not aware of and uh, judge you and give you your portion. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And he gives another parable about the virgin and another one about the servants. So that's right with him, them saying, tell us about you coming back. And he did, but then he said, here's what to worry about. And he told them that in Acts chapter 1 there. He said uh, he was already the resurrection and then 40 days, and then he was going to ascend back. And they said at that time, could you still come back? 
and rule the world after that and restore the kingdom? Could you? He said, it's not for you to know the times or seasons and occupy. Do what I've told you to do every day. And they didn't live to see him come back. And all the people since haven't. There will be those that will, but as it were, there, because of the rapture and this, there won't be very many. The ones that will will be his enemies or the ones in the wilderness that will believe when they see him. But what I'm trying to say, then in Luke again, or Mark, say over here, he says, uh, uh, the, in those days, the sun will be dark and the stars of heaven. <clears throat> They'll see the Son of Man. And he'll send his angels and gather all the elect. And then so, uh, it's like that. I'm going to take a long journey, but I will come back. And I will give to every man according to his work, to his self, to his heart, who he is. Watch, therefore, because you don't know when it will be. At least I come suddenly and find you asleep. So I say unto you, all of you, there again, that warning of that. And in Luke, it's the same thing. And he says, um, the sign of the Son of Man will come, and they'll see me coming in great glory. When these things look up, your redemption draws nigh. And still in going through that, try to sort that out. But he says here, then take heed to yourself, though, that your hearts not be drunk or, or the cares of life, and, and it'll be like a snare. It will come upon you. So watch and pray about these things. He always says that. So in view of the fact that them and everybody else since, tens of millions of millions of believers have died and do not see him return on a white horse like this. We'll see it. All of us will see it from heaven. We'll look and see heaven open, yeah, and him on, and we're following him down to the earth. But to see this right here, him coming in judgment, I think then that's what I wanted to say. He brought it out, so I want to bring it out too. That's what happened in this book of Revelation in the letters. That's what's at the very first. That's why he did. That's what's important. Is your love for me? How is that? And that's what I have to look at, and that's what it's going to be. And that's what those letters, you simplify them all, and that's the write it first. You don't love me with all your heart like you did write it first. You don't now. And if you don't change, look what happens to the church. They finally become Laodicea, where they're blind and don't even know it. And so overcoming is waking up and, and knowing what he asks and what he asks of us is one thing, and that's abide in my love, because I'll live in you. And you abide in my love like I abide in the Father's love. Now, you take that and, wow, we'd all say one uh, believer said, oh, that's impossible, right? <laughs> well, no, it seems that way. And like he told Peter, yeah, for man it is, but for me it's not. And I'll live in you. But like James is saying, he puts it so rough. He's trying to say, though, you've got to want it with your whole heart or it will not happen. You will have unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness that you can't get rid of. But if you want it with your whole heart, well, he lives in you, and that's who you really are. Then you die to self. You have to die to it. You can't get it in shape and work it over and trim it up. And, and that's kind of what I guess maybe we're kind of taught that. But I don't know. That don't come out of Scripture. It doesn't. What we have is what he gives us. It, that's the gold. And we build out of that foundation, Paul says. And that's when you're in fellowship with him and your heart is right, 
that everything you do is going to be good, as it were. I mean, wh wh how much evil are you going to be carrying on and be able to say, oh, yeah, but I love him with all my heart and other people. I have nothing against anybody. Well, like Paul said, e even if there is something, he'll let you know what that is. But my contention is, my experience, how limited it might be, is when you love him with all your heart and you reach that point because you want it with all your heart, that you love him and with that love you love others and you don't have any unforgiveness or hate or resentment or bitterness towards anybody when you reach that point and that happens then it is everything and and you you are right with him and if when that is happening in your heart and you are that way i would suggest that everything you do and say is going to be okay it may not be perfect. He's not asking for sinless perfection in the flesh. He said, I know you're in the dust. I know you're in the... But I live in you, and you will have that opportunity to have my love exercised through you and who you really are in me. And the other alternative is to be in the old nature and exercise that nature even as a believer. And that's where... Oh, uh, it's good in a way that you were saved, yeah, and we belong to him, yeah, and you can't undo that. That's good. But in the end, when we see and, and, and go through judgment and, and purify, that's all. He's not trying to be ugly. It's just like ore. You're coming in, well, this house is built of gold. Well, you can't bring in a ore that's got gold in it and, and a rock, you know, and it's got a little dirt and stuff. That don't matter, does it? No, this house is pure gold. You can't bring that in here and get build with that. Purify it first. So that's going into his heart for eternity. There's no way. And we are him. He is in us. And he's laid that foundation. And to be in fellowship with him. And no, no, he said, if you come to me, whatever the reason is, to ask something or praise me or this or that, we can do that and think it's whatever we want to think. That's possible. The human mind can do whatever it wants and perceive however it wants. But he said, if you come to me, and you have any unforgiveness towards someone and hate them, or as it were, an unforgive that won't forgive them. He said that has to be fixed. That has, You have to be willing to overcome that, repent, and, and change that before I can be in fellowship with you. I believe it's that simple. I know it is. He says it, and Paul says it multiple, multiple times, and that's the requirement. And he'd say that's why the, that guy said, well, that's impossible, right? Well, it is in a way, but in another way, it's not, if you want it with all your heart. And that's what he's saying. Yeah, I'm going to come back and all these things will happen. But where you really need to look at it is, how is it going to be in your heart? So for all those people that have not seen this, and I expect, oh, it, <laughs> I, I, however long I live, you've got to have a seven-year peace treaty to have three and a half go by. And then in the middle of that, the abomination happened. Then the tribulation happens. Then the, you know, so it's a seven-year thing almost, as it were, that I'd, so depending on your age, you just used to be, either, well, that's no problem, 40 years old, 50, add seven, that's no problem. I, I've got plenty of time for this to happen. But now I see that, no, just like millions of other people would say, no, we didn't live to see that. So what he did say, though, about take heed to your heart, that was what was all important. And we either did or didn't, by whatever degree, missed it or not, or what, or woke up or not. Everybody's going to be different. But that is the issue. That is the issue. Because 
to see this happen from the earthly view here, we won't. But when we see it from a heavenly view and we're purified already, we're part of this army that rides behind him. Where are you going to be in that rank of uh, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, setting the armies behind him? There will be millions and millions and millions of those people. Where are we going to be? It won't be just everybody all for himself. Get as close as you can. No, it'll be in order and you'll be in your place. That's his body. We're in his body and you're in your place in him now. But then it'll be seen and shown and in the kingdom where your place is with him. Uh, but that's all important. Like Peter said, worry about that, the everlasting effect of that, not the thousand years or right now or not or what, even though as important as that is, because someday when it's all said and done, for even the people in heaven today, they would still say we it hasn't all been accomplished. And that's why here when John sees this happen, all the people uh, cry out, you know, rejoice, hallelujah, finally. Uh, the day has come, the time that no one knew is here. When's that going to be? Right now. He's he's on the horse, and he, the, the, we're, we take our place behind him, and we come back. So we will be there and see this from that viewpoint, but where we are in him, that's what Peter's saying. Be sure and be diligent. Be quick. It's, it's the word for speed, spedazzo. Be, be, be quick about it, because like I was told by a believer, uh, my own in my own family that uh, it'll death will come to you and you won't wake up until it almost is too late. So wake up while you still have time. And he didn't mean and be saved. He meant wake up like the Lord saying, wake up and realize what I want you to do and that you only have that's the only fruit you will have is your fellowship with me. And you can't have that even though he said you think you're walking in the light, but you're not. If you have darkness of unforgiveness, you can think that. And we do. I have. I did. I, well, I love the Lord with all my heart, but <clears throat> other people, no, I got a problem there. No, I had a problem with loving him. With He said, if you love me, you will love others. Because if you love him with all your, you have his love. And if you don't, it's a kind of a hard thing and kind of offends people. Maybe I know it does. And it offended me too much so that I knew James was right on the money, but it was my least favorite thing to read. Now, after he woke me up here a few years ago to the seriousness of all this, that's my one of my best places to read because James just puts it like it is, and so does the Lord. And you read and say and look, put all together what he says. He's saying you better watch out because then that's what I see in this. And the, the eyes, the flame of fire, the sword come out of your mouth. I'll fight against you with the sword of my mouth. And the, the eyes of fire, we, that, that all comes right out of the letters. So I'm not saying he's against us like these men here, but he's against that part of us that is against him, however little or not or what that might be. So when we die and go home, when our life is ended, Unless we live to see this, and that's certainly a possibility for people of, of a younger age, 40s, 50s, 60s even, I guess, but whatever. But still, as it were, it's kind of, I have to kind of accept, well, probably not. And, and even if it is, well, okay, that's great. But if it's not, still, the issue is the same for everybody. And it would be kind of like this, and I've got to quit. I saw heaven opened, and I was caught up to heaven because I had 
My life come to an end, and there he sat upon the throne, the one called Faithful and True, his eyes flame of fire, and see just like the letters, and a sword come out of his mouth. And he judged me, and purified me, and separated out was not what was not him from what was. And now I'm purified and take my place in the armies that follow him. That that kind of picture. I can't help but see that here. And I think it's justified because when you read the accounts of him coming back, tell us about it. Tell us. He does. And he said, but here's what's all important. Take heed that your hearts be right. When this does happen, don't worry about the facts and mechanics of it. That's going to, that's, it's going to, but worry about your heart. Are you going to be ready when I come back or as in the case it's been and probably with me and others for 2,000 years, are you going to be ready when you come to stand before me and I open heaven for you to come up and stand? Are you going to be ready? Now, see, he comes and fights against the evil of here, and yet when we stand before him, he will fight against the the old nature in us. And I, for one, and I think all of us say, please do it. <laughs> I I, I, I'm going to lose this and that, and I realized the opportunity I had didn't do what I could have had and all that. But we will look at it and see and know that's our sanctification, our purification is to may, be made right with him and get rid of all that's not right, and it'll never come back. We'll always be right with him from then on. And that's something I would, as hard as it would be, is... I want to go through that fire. I want to be judged. I want to be purified. I want to be right. And yeah, I need to think of that now. And that's what the whole message of Paul and the Lord is. While you still have time, make your heart right. Be sure of it. Don't take it for granted or something and think you're in the light and you're not. All those warnings, all of them are in there. So this here is, is what it is. And I don't like to use analogy so much so, but I can't help but see it here because he brought that part of it in when they said, what's it going to be like when you come back? Well, here's what it is, but here's the most important part. So here's how this is going to look and be, but the most important part, even for the uh, people, I don't know. It's just something that this is such a powerful scripture. I just kind of wanted to bring it out in that way and 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 all those things, but uh, it will be. So profound for every last creature, I don't care, lost, saved, or not, or what, in past, future, or whatever, that day, that moment when heaven is opened and he comes back to rule this world, there's no turning back. And it's a great day because it's the day that no one knew the time of until it happens. So here, we're not given the time, but we certainly are given the event from how John saw it. I still think... John, like Daniel said, after a few days of that, talking to angels, Michael, and vision being transported here and there, Daniel said, I was sick, and I had to lay down for a, a period of time. And I wonder, after John got through seeing all this, I wonder if on the aisle there he said, I just need to rest for a couple of days. Well, it's uh, it's really a, an extreme opportunity for me to even be able to look at this and study it. Thank you for listening to the program.